Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. We are sounding the alarm for the peril and the uncertainty that lies ahead. As the watchman on the wall, we are committed for the objective truth, and we will call out whenever we see those that live in the fifth dimension attempt to put feelings and emotions in front of facts and truth. We will call out the real motives of those living in the land of unlimited imagination, and we will attempt every day to explain the unexplainable and unpack it. And that's why we're here. We're going to be doing that today with Annette Baker. Annette Baker is an environmental science expert. She's our homeschool teacher. She's also <laughs> our, our candidate. And I think the next senator against, uh, she's running, she's a candidate, a Republican candidate for state Senate uh, 11th District in Reading. And she's running against Judy Schwenk. I think she'll be giving Judy a nice handful. And uh, Annette took time out of her campaigning to talk to us today about what's going on in Seattle, but a little bit too about the, the 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 culture, the cancel culture, and who are these who are these these anarchists, and and what kind of people they are. And Annette, uh, Annette, what what do you think? I mean, if I was to ask you, Annette, I mean, what kind of a you know who who are these people that have occupied seven city blocks in Seattle? And uh, you know who who are these people? I mean, what would you say to that? Well, I think you're correct. I think they are the anarchists that are looking to overthrow the government um, in in that particular area and claim it as a separate um, sovereign nation. So they say um, they have obviously not been recognized as such. So um, that's going to be a problem for them. Um, apparently, they don't even have a government that's running or any kind of actual leadership, although there are some reports that say that there are certain uh, individuals who've taken on the mantle of leadership in that area, um, some say by force. And the interesting thing is they, they are definitely, uh, predominantly, it seems, socialists and communists in nature um, because they believe in, in everybody shipping it, whatever they have, to make sure that everybody has enough, except for those that are um, white, they need to be paying everyone who is a person of color $10 extra um, in order to begin to pay back reparations. So there's a lot of things that are coalescing into this one area. Um, but I, I agree with you. It's definitely anarchists um, that have seized an opportunity to change what was a protest into uh, this occupation of, of downtown Seattle, or at least a portion of it. Oh, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, but when you look at when you look at things, and again, who who are these people? Again, I I like to point out the fact that first off, they're they're called Capitol Hill occupied protests now. They have officially renamed their their their. Uh, their organization, their movement, if you will, as the as the CHOP, Capitol Hill Occupy Protest, because they don't want to be autonomous. After all, they want supplies brought in, and I think that's a, that's pretty uh, gutless of them. But it's also uh, shows you uh, who who they really are. But I look when you look at again what what they're what they're wanting and the free free college, free medical, free housing, free food, open borders, the funding, everything. I mean, this is what they're looking at. I mean, I don't really, uh, I mean, I don't think there's any question about it. These people are looking, they, they are, 
people who graduated from college that have been indoctrinated to believe that our country is not special and great. And they would rather see our society as, I guess, as big it is, or if they can, they, they'd rather do that. See, they, they, their belief is based on imagined slights that, and impressions that go on. I mean, that's, that's basically, they're imagining some sort of a world that really doesn't exist, not to the extent that they think it does. And I think, uh, you know, people should avoid an unnatural, inconsistent, negative experience at the expense of a broader positive experience. We need to be looking at the good and not trying to single out the blemishes. Look, they are they are looking for oppression everywhere, and they graduate college thinking that way. They come out, they that's what they want. That's what they see. And they want to look at irregularities as, as, and they want to call them normal. Okay. Well, folks, they're not normal. They're atypical. Okay. When you look at a tapestry or a quilt that is weaved with hundreds of millions of different experiences, you can find and single out anything negative there. And you can certainly look past all the beauty and all the wonderment to find those that are bad. Look, people should not be living in that that kind of negative mindset. And, and, you know, we see that they basically they don't see the forest or the trees. And these are the people that you see here. They're, they're aimless. They're rudderless. They're mean spirited. They're angry, but they're they're anarchists. They're just trying to take away. What they know from, from people that have because they don't have. And they don't have because they don't work and try, they don't strive for. I think a lot of that is the reality. I mean, Annette, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that um, unfortunately, uh, what we've seen with um, particularly the left and the Democrat Party, they have indoctrinated a lot of these young people to believe that they are perpetual victims, that their grandparents were victims, that they are victims, their parents were victims. Um, and, and sadly, you know, it's amazing to me, um, and heart wrenching at the same time to see the cycle continue. I was talking to somebody about it the other day and, and I said, you know, we, we walk the same mountain time and time and time again and nothing changes, it seems, with the same, you know, mentality. And how do we begin to change that in a positive way? To begin to draw people out and help them to understand that, you know, we all experience, like you said, we all have some kind of adversity that happens in life. And are there some disparities that need to be addressed? Absolutely. We're not discounting that that is happening. Um, but there's definitely a need to begin to change that, that mindset that you know what? There are opportunities out there and it's, they're there for everybody. How can we, you know, encourage people to move into those opportunities? And then those that do need to be supported. And that's what I think is, is really important. And, and unfortunately, like you said, you know, a lot of these kids go to school, they end up buying into the same mindset that everything is stacked against them. They will never get ahead, and it makes them very angry. And then they come out, and they're angry. And 
they're looking for, for ways to vent that anger. And unfortunately, I think that, you know, in situations where, you know, rightly so, you know, what happened to George Floyd should not have happened. But that does not give someone the excuse to go and loot and destroy and, and steal from someone who did make that effort, committed their time, created a business. Um, it's just, it's a sad state to see where, where this is happening. Well, <clears throat> the unethical behavior we see in the downright destructive behavior we're seeing in riots it's come about because of the need that they have to control free speech. They want to control free speech. They want to shut down free speech. They want to intimidate people like us from speaking truth. They want to be the arbiters of what is socially, what, what the socially irredeemable statements are and what those actions are. They want that control. I mean, who are these people? Well, they're, yeah. they're the loudmouths in charge of certain activist social media platforms, and they have a following. So when someone's called out and, can't, and, and when they cancel somebody, when they cancel somebody, it's a power move. It's a move by them. And again, they're in charge of certain social media platforms, but it's a move by them to cancel out a person's existence and statements as no longer relevant and acceptable. I mean, this is like a yep. mob mentality. Yep. This is like a mob mentality and group thing. And it's, yeah. it, it's inherently contrary to independent thinking and individualism. I mean, and that, what are your thoughts on this? Who are these people? Yeah, I would totally agree with you. I was talking to somebody today and, and she made a really good point. She said, you know, ultimately, <clears throat> excuse me, they, they are playing God because they want to be able to determine what you can and cannot think, what you can and cannot say. And, you know, ultimately it comes down to the idea that there will come a point where their speech will then be determined by someone else. Where does it stop? And that is part of the problem is that, you know, what is okay speech one day and all you have to do is take a look at what happens to celebrities on the left in particular um, that say something that, that the left doesn't agree with. Take a look at J.K. Rowling as an example. She came out and said some things that people were very upset about. Now she is being attacked, and they do that all the time. They are literally eating their own based on things that are said that are not necessarily offensive, but yet, you know, according to some that speech is offensive. And and what traditionally in our country, because we had a First Amendment, because we had the ability to speak freely and be able to challenge ideas, it actually made us stronger as a culture because we were able to push back verbally, not physically. We were able to challenge the ideas that somebody had and say, hey, look, you know what? I don't think you're quite right on this. This is my perspective, and you can have that conversation. Now, if if the cancel culture, the people that want to be the authorities uh, to tell you what you can and cannot say, if they determine that what you say is not acceptable in their minds, 
you are you run the risk of having your life destroyed. And and I've seen this unfortunately up close in, in recently um, in a situation where you know someone said something that wasn't liked, and not only did the left go after the person, they then went after family, business. In fact, there was an uh, an example today. Someone had a Trump sign on a window next to a bakery. This is in Harrisburg, I, I believe. And the people that saw the poster on the building next to the bakery assumed that it was the bakery's window and started putting out that people should not go to this bakery because they shouldn't support a racist organization and they hate people of color, so no one should go there. I mean, it, it just completely blew out of control on their Facebook page. And they said repeatedly, this is not our window. This is a separate building, you know, separate entity owns this. Someone is renting this. They put it up. It's not our, it doesn't matter. So it comes back to, you mentioned something very important. It comes back to truth. When truth is cited, even though it is factually correct, it goes back to what Vice President Biden said. Our feelings trump your, trump the truth. Our feelings are more important than the truth, than the facts. And that's the cancel culture in a nutshell. Whatever the feeling is, it doesn't matter what reality says. And as Christians, we believe in an ultimate truth. We believe in the capital T, big truth. And the cancel culture says it doesn't matter what the capital T, big truth is. It doesn't matter what the facts are. It all comes back to feeling. If we feel injured if we feel slighted that's all that matters facts don't matter numbers don't matter truth doesn't matter it's all about feeling and sadly when you run on feelings this is where you know you have totalitarian governments run on feeling well that look kim jong-un is a great example (laughs) you know he doesn't like you one day you're you're done you're toast well, I'll say this. I mean, it's totally unethical, evil, and wrong on so many fronts. It really is. I mean, unethical is an understatement. Wrong is also an understatement. Evil is probably more like it. Uh, this is what the mm-hmm. devil looks like, I think, uh, in, in, in the world. I mean, this is just a little bit of a glimpse of, of the real characteristic of what evil is, the evil one. Okay? And the, it would, look, this is a battle of good versus evil. And People want to take away your free speech because that's the only way they can shut you down. You see, when when people are convinced that we're not a special country, when they're convinced that 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 uh, that we're not doing anything great as a country to free the oppressed around the world, when when they don't see that, when they don't see, you know, the good, then they're looking every day for evidence to justify their perspective. And they could find one incident of it. And, of course, the media will highlight it and make a little a tabloid reporting of it. They will do so much reporting. It'd be like, like I said, you know, woman gives birth to alien child. It'd be like reading it in the newspaper, reading it right there in a, in a, in a grocery store line. I mean, here's the drama. They create the drama. The people who see this country as fundamentally flawed 
will see the minuscule occurrence as normal. They'll highlight it as normal. Folks, it's not. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. The facts doesn't the facts don't sway these people. Okay? They'll hype yeah. up something, they'll hype up a problem, they'll hype up a scenario. And it's not based on factual data. It's based on, as you said, it's based on emotion. And look, these are political mobilization efforts. That's what they are. They're political mobilization efforts. That's what this is. This is all an attempt to politically mobilize people when they shut down people through this, 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 whatever, this canceling, okay, for lack of a better phrase. This is an effort by the by the Marxist left and the fake and they use the fake product, the propaganda news as their vehicle for mobilizing this effort and for for using to, to manipulate and drive emotions and drive fears. This is what they're doing. I mean, we see it every day with the masks, people wearing masks. Come on. This is all about I mean, the masks are becoming the symbol right now. It's funny. I mean. But, you know, one thing is riots and protests are the method in which Marxist socialist enemies of America, they, 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 it's their motorist operandi. It's their method for instilling fear and anxiety in the population. Saul Alinsky in Rules for Radicals talks about how to instill fear and uncertainty and the need for fear and anxiety and doubt, the need for all of that, for society to embrace the constructional changes Constructional changes needed to usher in the socialism. I mean, what kind of a world do we need to have in place before we are willing to give away our rights? We just watched it. I mean, we just watched state after state, people, individual after after individual in all these different states, give up their civil rights, put them on hold because they wanted to be safe from a virus. We just saw it. We just saw it. Now they're calling everything a virus. Now everything's being called a virus. But just to be clear, socialism and communism are evil aberrations from the devil. Make no mistake about it. And this country was blessed by God. God had his hand on the founding of this nation. I'm not just saying that, folks. The evidence of that is the Electoral College. Don't miss it. The Electoral College is the evidence that God had a hand on this. I mean, there's no way they could have come up with that compromise unless God had a hand in it. There's no way that could have happened. It didn't exist anywhere on the planet. It was just a theory. This is a spiritual battle that we're seeing right now in this country. And you're seeing this evil aberration through the media, trying to silence people, trying to take away the free speech of people so that as individuals, we don't call out the absurd as absurd anymore. After all, it's politically incorrect. And and, and this is, I mean, this really is, look, I say socialism and communism are, are aberrations from the devil. They are because they're forms of government that keep people under the thumb of a select few. That's what they do. That's what they do. Annette, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you think I'm off base on that? Is this a battle between good versus evil or what? Absolutely. One of the the main things 
um, that we have to remember scripture tells us that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So his, his whole, uh, focus is to disrupt the church. And look at what's happened. Look what's happened, particularly to churches across the country. They have stopped meeting. They have not been as effective getting the gospel message out. And socialism, communism do the exact same thing. They, you know, you, you mentioned that communism and socialism are, are from the pit of hell. Well, it's true. They do not want, uh, under those, those systems, they do not want a vibrant, active church because if there is one, we are not beholden then to the government. Scripture is full of us talking about leaning on God, relying on God as our supply, relying on God as our leader. If we do, if we do that, then we won't be looking to government. And that's the antithesis of the communist socialist, you know, idea. And, you know, that is something that is very evident with what is going on. The fact that we can't have church services, but we can have multi thousands of people show up for rallies. People can't have funerals. And I've talked to individuals whose loved ones have passed away. They cannot have more than five people go in and and see their loved one for one last time but you can have thousands of people marching that is not right that is the complete antithesis of the way we should be treating people and for you know the way that they encapsulate the idea of destabilizing the economy destabilizing the country I mean, when you look at what's going on, it makes a lot of sense. When you begin to look at it from that perspective, you mentioned Saul Alinsky. That was one of the main tenets, is when you can bring in forces that will destabilize the way the government works, the economy, all of those things, you're right. It ushers in the willingness to accept another form of government, another form of, of leading a country, in order to bring back that stability. And that's where, you know, the people at, I guess it's now called CHOP, um, you know, they, they are looking to be that voice. And the question is, you know, I, I said this to um, the young Republicans the other night. I was talking to them and I said, you know, you guys are the ones that are going to inherit what we leave you. And I pray that people wake up and understand this is, I, I, I know we've said this before, this is a pivotal election because we will determine if we go over the edge of the precipice into socialism or do we take a step back from the edge and say, okay, we need to find, we need to, to stop. This is a defining moment in our nation's history. And if people don't understand how important this is, I don't know what's going to wake them up. At this point, we have seen, particularly here in Pennsylvania, we have seen a governor who has basically ruled our state without, without any kind of breaks. Thank God, literally thank God, that the legislature, the assembly stepped up and said, you know what, there is a resolution that we can repeal what he's been doing. There, there have been very few breaks. Could you imagine that on a national level? 
where so, where we end up with a leader where there are no checks and balances like that, where there well, is no way to control what that person is doing. That is a totalitarian regime, and we are looking at moving into that. Well, we're, 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 we're not. <laughs> we're not. Yeah, well, I mean, in yeah. terms of being on the edge, we yeah. are literally literally on the edge now well, because this is it, this is a historical moment, and the choices no- that we make will impact future generations until the Lord comes back. There is no, and that can be, you know, very quick or very long time. There's, there's, there's no question about it. There's no doubt that this is like Armageddon to, to, to people like us, evangelical, (laughs) evangelical voters like us. Look, the bottom line Uh is, I mean, when you look at, let's look at very quickly, because we got a few minutes to go here. I want to talk about Trump's four step plan to combat, basically to combat these problems. Okay. And to try to 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 help the uh, the 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 people that live in the uh, the most vulnerable the most vulnerable of our society, I want to say, I wanted to say that Trump's four step plan to combat the problems and but but to help aid the most vulnerable of our society. First, he wants economic development in minority communities. He's looking to do that, and they're promoting that. Yeah. With real, they're um, with real tangible money. Okay, uh, they're also confronting the health care disparities. I think getting rid of Obamacare is a start. <laughs> uh, they want to encourage the police to meet the standards of when they when to when and when not to use different force. They want to they want to define the standards and they want to basically encourage the police departments to meet those standards. But also, they. Trump is calling for school choice. And what's interesting on all of this, this is like the big one, because the Democrats are the ones that want to keep children in these in these inner city and these vulnerable communities. They want to keep these children in these failing schools. It's the Republicans that want to give the chance for these kids to get out of these failing schools. And because the enemy of the people proved the media, they're not highlighting this. In other words, you're not promoting the the constitutional right of every citizen to a quality education. So what they're doing is they're saying we need to pour more money into public education instead of giving our kids and our parents an opportunity to get their kids into successful schools out of failing schools. In other words, school choice. They want to take the failing schools and pour more money into them. And I think that but that desire is not to make the school better. It's to basically continually burden the system and take care of those that are taking care of those politicians financially. See, the problem with the public unions is what you're having is you're having middle-class teachers and administrators. They're, they're basically getting with politicians who need them for their votes and support. So the politicians need these public union members for their support for their re-elections, and they're going to these politicians to get the benefits of the union. That's what makes public unions not really a, a viable union choice for, 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 for Americans. It's really not. I mean, it's, it basically devours its own. Because the, the, the union itself is made up of a bunch of people in the middle class that are looking to the politicians who settle the, the matters with their contracts. 
and they're going to these people to settle those matters, and those people that they're going to, the lawmakers, go to them to help get them reelected. So it's basically, I watch, it's a quid pro quo situation over and over and over and over and over. That's what makes public unions so contrary to education. It's unbelievable to me. I mean, it really is, and I don't want to miss that. But um, I think we're out of time here, Annette. I apologize. I got a little long on that. But <laughs> I think we, we did a very good job unpacking that with a punch for our listeners. Thank you, Annette, for being with us. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you listening to The Watchman this afternoon. Tune in every Saturday afternoon at 4.30 right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL for this distinct discussion and unpacking of the truth between Annette and I. I mean, we, we do, a, I think, a pretty good job, thorough job of unpacking it. And as Annette would, I'm sure, agree, when we unpack it, there's no more unpacking necessary. So thank you for being with us today on The Watchman. See you next week on The Watchman. For Annette Baker, I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.